Good morning. Court Radio is now in session. Call 215-227-2727. When you've got legal questions, we've got the answers. This is Court Radio. And now here's your host, Dean Weitzman. Good morning and welcome back. It's Court Radio time and I'm Dean Weitzman, your host, every Saturday morning right here at 100.3 and... Classics 107.9. There you go. (laughs) We can fill in, right? Absolutely. There is the sound and voice of the one and only Manny Manuel Glenn. Good morning, Dean. Happy Black History Month. Thank you, and the same to you. Um, We are here, folks, live and in person. Just give us a call at 215-227-2727, the number for all things legal in Philly. We are joined in the studio with a special guest. He's been here before. He's earned the right to come back, Donald Bermudez. Welcome back, Don. Good morning, and thank you for having me back. Good to see you, Donald. Uh, you know, when Don's in the house, we're usually talking about uh, landlord-tenant Tenant. issues. So if you've got a landlord-tenant question, probably today's the day to give Don a call. 215-227-2727. Manny Manuel, what's going on in your life? The life or the world? I'll take whatever you want to give me. <laughs> It's a crazy. It's a crazy week in the news across the world. We we had three soldiers killed by a drone. So we this morning sent a whole bunch of Hellfire missiles over to the Middle East and bombed Iran. And the president's in a strong message: uh, If you hit one of us, we're gonna hurt some of you. Yep. All right. It's only fair. Uh, I guess in in love and war, uh, that's the way it goes. Right. Uh, Lloyd Austin had prostate cancer. Didn't want to tell anybody about it, including the president. Kept it quiet, went to the hospital, got it taken care of, pissed everybody off for a minute. The president spanked him on the hand, said, okay, get back to work. Yeah. Never again. Yeah, um, you know, it's a, it's something that is um, not talked about enough, I guess, and it's an opportunity, if anything else, mm-hmm. to have all of us with prostates go out and get it checked. I'm going to tell you something. He, right now, yeah. if they were smart, yeah. he could be the spokesperson. Right. It's okay. Yeah. To talk about it. You know what I mean? Because he felt uncomfortable. Yep, yep. That would be perfect if they were smart. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, um, sometimes fear um, uh, closes down the smart part of your brain. And, uh, you know, you want to keep things uh, private. Sure. But when you're in the public life, um, it's, it's an opportunity to educate. And I don't know that folks thought that far or deep enough about it. Maybe they did, and we don't know. But who? I just think it's it's a great opportunity right now to make more people aware, uh, especially black men, because we don't we don't get tested like we should. Men, period. I don't think like to go to the hospital get get tested at all. We're, we're not like women. We yeah, especially down there. Exactly. It's, yeah. It's, not. And it's, it's a difficult conversation to have, but now would be a it was a great moment. We'll see what happens. Uh, our mayor has been mayor for a whole month. Anything happening? Is well, it, a couple the, of cops. Is the city couple, better? A couple, couple of police got shot. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, bad guy escaped from jail but got arrested yep. uh, for a couple of days. Uh, 17-year-old Shamar Pryor. I think it was Shamar Pryor. Um, cops are fine. Uh, I understand. My insiders say that the police department right now feels more at ease than they've ever felt in the last eight years. The officers themselves, the department themselves, there's a different feeling amongst them, and they feel like we can do our job. There you go. 
That's what I'm hearing. Well, we're going to find out. That's all I got. We, we're going to find out. All right, Donald. Yes. Uh, how's the practice of law been for you lately? Uh, it's been going well, and I go to the CJC a lot. I want to say that what Manny said is definitely the same impression I get from the police officers being at the CJC, that mm-hmm. it is a new day. And what I think, my own personal opinion, is that, uh, you know, I think this city has kind of even given her a little bit of a mandate for Sherelle Parker to ha- to do something about it against the, the people she needs to in the city. And I think she has the uh, the, the skills to do it, and I think she's going to do it. I think she's going to make a difference. Yeah, and for those of us who may not uh, go down there too often, that's the Criminal Justice Center. Yes. Um, you know, these these lawyers, they talk in acronyms. Is that what they do? Yeah. Lawyers do? Do yeah. lawyers do that? <laughs> My apologies. My apologies. <laughs> not, yeah. I know that's a faux Not call. this lawyer. Explain. Not that lawyer. You spell yeah. it out. I yeah. Swear. I'll meet you at the Criminal Justice Center. It's not going to be a good day. Yes. I'm sorry. 1301 Philbin. That's never a good day if you hear those words. No, 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 not at all. Um, Yes, uh, we have... uh, Something exciting. Yeah. (laughs) That's all I can say. He was uh, tipping the uh, microphone tapper. Yeah, firmly. Yeah. You don't have a microphone. Now you do. Checking in. Yeah. There he he was. Checking in. Yeah. He's uh, he's always close by, is, gu- guiding us. He that is. Folks, if you've got a legal issue, uh, Don Bermudez is in the house. We're talking about landlord-tenant issues, 215-227-2727. I have an issue. Go ahead. Yes. We recently had a snow. First snow in two years. It was four, six inches. But it was enough to be a problem if it didn't get shoveled. All right? You're a tenant. You have a landlord. Who's supposed to shovel it? Well, I'm sure it's shoveled. And... So, so we have to start with the lease because it may be addressed in your lease. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I've been subject to a residential lease before where I did have to take care of the lawn and shovel and Was things that somewhere, of the sort. Somewhere that most folks don't read because they don't read the whole thing all the time. Is it smaller it, than everything else? It's probably not in there, to be honest with you, as right. most landlords use form leases. Like there's a Pennsylvania Realtors Association lease that I've seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, 800 times, I'd say probably about half of the leases I'd see are that lease or a variation. So it's probably not in the lease, but that's the starting point. Mm. And then it's really fact-specific. Now, the residential property I was talking about is out in the suburbs where things are much different and just there's kind of an expectation, even if it's not in your lease, that, you know, you're renting a residential home. You know, you got to take care of it. There's expectations from the landlord, from the neighbors. So a little bit different, but that still exists, obviously, in this Philadelphia. Has, this has been an issue, right? This this comes up every now I, and then. I can see it definitely people. coming up, especially if you have elderly people, because then it's a, a very, very, very serious safety issue that can Disabled become potentially well. disabled. It can become deadly. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's just be honest about it. If an older person falls. It, I see, for instance, I see more seniors and seasoned citizens on the scooters. They're getting to get around. If it's not shoveled or paved, I mean, or, or, or salted or anything, they can't get through that. And you could be get stuck, and then you're talking about hypothermia. So either way, it can turn out oh, very too, ugly. That's a terrible thing to think. I'm sorry to laugh, but yeah, that could be real. Um, and let's not forget statutes. Okay, so you have you have a lease, mm-hmm. but you also have a Philadelphia uh, regulation, right? Um, and that regulation does put responsibility not only on the landlord but on tenants. To make sure that the sidewalk is cleared within six hours of the last snowstorm. So it is a statute. Yes. So we got uh, that clear. And so, um, 
if you do fall on a property that is occupied by a tenant, you would have a claim not only against the landlord but also against the tenant who did not clear the sidewalk as well. Um, we all have responsibility to to undertake that if we can. Now, if you have an elderly tenant who's not capable of doing that, um, the landlord would have primary responsibility under those circumstances, though the statute would require the, the, the uh, tenant to uh, perhaps get, get somebody, an outside source. Somebody, a contractor, yeah. a young kid. A in kid, the neighborhood. a contractor. Yeah. When I was a kid, I had a snow route. You know, I had a, in the, yeah, sum, in the summer, I had a lawn route, and in the winter, I had a snow route. Absolutely. Yeah, five bucks, and I uh, took care of the entire sidewalk. Gas was so cheap back then. Yeah, and labor, too. <laughs> yeah, that as well. <laughs> but I would just think that those things, those 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 personal upkeep issues, do come up uh, from time to time. At least I know they do on my block. And you wonder right, who is liable, who is responsible. Uh, come up there, if a lawsuit happens, uh, who's going to get charged, who's not? What's going on in in landlord tenant world in the law? Has anything changed? You know, since the uh, the pandemic, there was a yeah. time when tenants weren't even paying their rent. I mean, what's a lot of that going on? Yeah, well, <laughs> is that still going on? And and the landlord tenant court wasn't even you know evicting people. Well, they couldn't function properly either during the pandemic either. So it was difficult on both ends, right? Yeah, it was very slow. But strangely, what's still going on? So there's no. And thank you for. Letting me know about that statute. I agree with everything you said there as far as the liability you're, issues. You're safe always agreeing with Dean. Whatever, <laughs> well, just, you know. Just <laughs> sincerely, though. Sincerely, I agree. Okay. Um, I, that, my train of thought. Oh, so what's still going on in Philadelphia? And curiously, it begs the question why. So they created a mandatory uh, mediation that they call the eviction diversion prop, uh, you know, programs. Meaning that regardless of how fast you have a lawyer yourself do the process... It's going to be delayed by 30 days because the city still requires you to participate for 30 days in good faith as a landlord in the eviction diversion program before filing a complaint for eviction. That was going on because of the pandemic. That program's still mandatory. There's no end in sight. So is it was it for the pandemic or was it for some other reasons? Um, and a lot of landlords don't know about that. Another thing I want to remind landlords about is keep seeing so many landlords not give certificates of rental suitability to their le- tenants before they move in. What is that? It is just a certificate that if you must have a renter's license, so if you must give that, the certificate of rental suitability, it averts that you have no problems with the property and that's clear with license and inspections. You have to give that, the partners and fair housing booklet, and your lead test results to your tenant before they move in. Otherwise, the tenant does not have a duty to pay rent. This comes up so much all the time, and it's and it's strictly enforced in court. Wow. So you don't give that stuff up. You have to give it up, I guess. If you're having a problem with the tenant, you got to give it up to them before you can file. Oh, absolutely. There's There's humongous problems. I mean, that's usually what causes the reasons why people can't evict people in uh, – Philadelphia. Evicting a person outside of Philadelphia throughout the rest of the Commonwealth is uh, much easier, I'll just say. Okay. So you've got these three documents. You've got to have a renter's license. Correct. You've got to pay for a renter's license. Get it. You've got to give them the renter's license, this affidavit that the property is in good standing. And you don't, 
you don't have to give them the actual copy of the renter's license, which is strange, but you need a renter's license to get the certificate that you must sign and give them. I see. Even if you don't, and I've, 22. I've been involved with a case with this, not on the bad end, but even if the, the, the landlord didn't fill it out and sign it, that, that technicality in itself can excuse the duty to pay rent on the tenant for however long it existed. Wow. 215-227-2727. We got, ten, we got tenants. We got people calling all over. I knew we would. Yeah. Let's, talk, let's start with uh, Jesse on line two. Morning, Jesse. Good morning. Um, my friend lives in a big complex, and two months ago in November, he called them and told them that his washer had stopped working. He's still paying his rent, and each time he goes there, they give him the runaround saying they're going to send somebody out. Somebody came out and looked at it, and the guy said, oh, well, this thing is not working. We have to either replace it or get you another one from another complex. He was just there one day last week, and they asked him to show receipts that he's been going to a laundromat. But, you know, now when you go to a laundromat, you have a card to put in the machine, so you don't get a receipt. So is there a number that he can probably call you on Monday? Because he's at work today, and I'm trying to help him. To yeah. get in touch with someone, what you know. A, what a good mom you are, Jesse. <laughs> um, I, I, um, I'm going to get Donald's number for you, but before I do that, um, another question that came to my mind is: is the is the washing machine a an item that's listed in the lease as being a part of the what you're renting? You know, sometimes mm. um, a, an appliance is left behind gratuitously, um, and it's not a part of the lease. If that's the case, then they may not have an obligation to replace the washer. If, on the other hand, the washer is a part of what you're renting, and it's certainly an important part of what you're renting, then I think maybe that would be an excuse not to pay the rent or some portion of it. What do you think, Don? I, you're exactly on it, but I will add this. So in those form leases I spoke of, they normally do have a paragraph that addresses whether or not um, – you know, what, which utilities are covered, including which appliances, and there'll be a box to check. So I encourage every tenant, and especially a tenant, and it's wild how often this happens. If you not have not read your lease that you're subject to, please read it because they're enforced very strictly by what it says in there. That's what controls. All right, Jesse, so make sure he reads the lease. But um, go ahead. He had a water heater that went on the leak. They replaced that now, several months before that. He mm. also pays renter's insurance also. And this is not a small complex. This is a large complex, which wash and dryer comes with the apartment. Okay. So it's in the unit itself. Um, more likely than not, it's in the ad too, right? Yeah. yeah. More, more likely than not, it's in, it's in the lease. Um, but make sure when you meet an attorney and you've got an issue with regard to your apartment, you want to bring the only document you want to bring is the lease. That's the that's going to control everything from beginning to end. Uh, but it sounds to me like he could um, probably say, "Hey, listen, I'm not paying my rent." In that case, what do you do with the rent money, Don? Well, so this this is a super important one that I never, not never. I don't want to say never. I often don't see tenants. I represent both sides. I consult both sides commonly. Deal with the issues hmm. of both sides. So that's I try to come at this. Very objectively. Tenants almost never follow this correctly because, in my opinion, my probably un- unpopular opinion, it, this is perhaps the most abused law in the Commonwealth. 
I think there's problems wrong with my apartment. Some are legitimate, some aren't. I know there's a law about habitability. I'm just going to withhold my rent. That's fine. It's fine to have a dispute. You have to. It's about the procedure in which you do it. You're supposed to go open an escrow account, which is any interest-bearing account, so any savings account, and put the money aside because it's in dispute. Uh, I'd say most of the time people spend that money. With the caveat, though, that they're they're living paycheck to paycheck. That's just the economic reality of a lot of tenants. But ultimately, that is not the proper thing to do. Um, leases are subject to contract law. I think every both sides, landlords and tenants, forget that ultimately these are contracts. They're promises. Both sides need to keep them. So, but if you are a tenant, you think your your landlord is not listening to you and doing repairs. Open a savings account and put your rent in there and tell your landlord. So your landlord's not getting the rent. That's going to incentivize him or her to do what you want them to do. Um, but you can't just not pay the rent. So you got to put it into an escrow account. You know, you op- you go to the bank, you open up an account called uh, rent escrow, and the money goes instead of to your landlord, it goes into that account. And there's where it stays. And then once the repairs are done, you can pay them the rent you owe them. And when I say rent you owe them, I mean that you may make deductions from that rent. For instance, if your son's paying, you know, $25 a week to do his laundry, um, then maybe at the end of the month he's going to give, if the landlord makes the repairs, he's going to turn that money over from the escrow account but it's going to be $100 short because that's what he needed to do to uh, to make up for what the landlord uh, left him holding. You understand what I'm saying, Jesse? Another question now. Recently he received an email saying that they're going up on the rent for X amount of dollars, even though he's been still paying his well, rent since November, you know. If he's in the midst of, if he's in the midst of a lease, um, that that increase probably cannot occur during the terms of the lease. So if he's in a one-year lease, um, they're not going to be able to raise the rent until November of next year. On the other hand, if he's going month, if he's month to month at this point, or if it, the lease was month to month from the beginning, I mean, there, I, I imagine there could be such a thing. Um, then he may only have thirty or sixty days notice before the rent goes up. Again, the terms, as Donald said, the terms of the lease control. That's the document. If it's if it gives them permission to raise the rent in the lease, then it goes up. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Well, is there a number that he can call you on Monday? Because if I say, I just was listening to the radio and I have to walk downstairs. Go ahead, Don. And I know he's been going through this problem because every time he goes down to the rental office, to do ladies in the office, it gives him a hard time. Well, so- the easy th- let me just say this the easy thing to do is to just call the same number you call for court radio the my philly lawyer number 215-227-2727 that's the number you, that's the only number you need to remember if the the call pertains to don then my front desk will make sure that don gets a message monday morning to give your son a call okay so i can just give him this number and let him call i just thought i would do a favor you are, you, you are doing a big favor on his behalf, and I'll make sure I remind him on Monday when I talk to him. And he will okay. talk to him. All right, Jesse, thanks for calling Court Radio. Have a great Saturday. Can, can I explain? And thank that? you so much for all of the information that you've given me. Oh, my pleasure. Have a good day.
I just want to explain a little bit why I have what I think some people might find to be a harsh opinion um, about those issues. We're going off the seminal case on this issue, the warranty of habitability, is from a time when uh, when Donna Summer was new to the radio from 1979. That's the case. <laughs> so that's when how Donna long we're going Summer back. Was new to radio. <laughs> that's, how, of disco. that's how far this. So the the seminal case that controls these legal issues. Wow. I don't you, think Don was born then. I was. I, I wasn't. Was. Not yeah. not not yet. The, the next decade, but. That, but that's how far back the case goes. That's the case that still controls. There's there's so little precedential case law from our appellate courts because these cases just don't get that far. I am in the process of trying to think about making a nonprofit to change that because somebody needs to update these issues for the 21st century um, because habitability, it's a pretty low bar for the landlords. We're talking about really bad issues, meaning that you don't have electricity. You don't have heat for a long period uh, of time. Well, I'm going to give you a real-life example because we got a caller on line four. Cool. Meech. I like the name. Me- so- <laughs> the name alone gets you on. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Meech, welcome to Court Radio. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, so, so Me- Meech, tell tell Donald what your issue is. Okay. I'm having a little problem with my landlord. No, stop, Meech. Stop right there. Don't say I'm having a little problem. I'm having a major problem. Huge. Okay. Well, let me rephrase that because it definitely is a major problem. So um, the apartment that I'm renting is like a three-story building, and unfortunately I discovered mold in the um, bathroom of the apartment that I'm renting. Um, I noticed it like six months ago. Initially, and it was downstairs on the second floor um, landing in that ceiling. When I noticed it, it was raining, and I'm like, whoa, there's a bucket right here catching water. Let me take a picture of this and send it um, over and let him know what's going on. And as soon as I sent it to him, he literally was like, oh, that's what happened when it rained hard. So <laughs> casual. That's it. I'm oh. like, wow, okay. <laughs> so, and all right, so wait a minute, Meech, you're getting rain, but you also have evidence of black mold throughout the house well i don't know what's going on throughout the house but it's a common area when you're walking downstairs to leave the building and on the second floor landing mm-hmm. it was like a bucket catching water right there so that was the first thing it was raining it was all the black mold and it was coming through it had to get the bucket to catch it so that right there that was a problem for me because i'm not really comfortable with living like that so i'm let me send this guy a picture real quick because a thousand dollars a month I don't think I need to be going through nothing like this. So I told him, and he just said that's what happened when it rained. Fast forward six months later, I noticed that it was mold in the bathroom of the apartment that I'm renting. So I sent him a picture, and I told him that I was in, like, the hospital having some respiratory problems because that wasn't the truth, right? But I said that just to kick a little fire up under there because I noticed he didn't do nothing the first time when I told him about downstairs. Mm. I wasn't really too concerned about that. But when he came up there where I was living, I was like, hold on, let me send him another picture to try to get this taken care of. And that's where I've been at for like, I want to say almost a month and a half now. Um, All right. So so, what, what, Donald, what can, what can Meech do about black mold in his apartment? Well, I kind of feared this was a call about mold because I think the problems with mold is one of the biggest reasons 
in my opinion, why we need more guidance. Because I think a lot of judges I've seen reject these mold cases, first of all. I don't mean to sound like uh, aggressive, but how do you actually know it's mold? You have to, especially when it comes to proving something in court. Another issue is there's, especially in a city like Philadelphia, where all the buildings are very old, there's two things that are kind of everywhere a little bit. It's a sliding scale, mice and mold. That's just the reality of very old cities, very old buildings, especially certain neighborhoods. So it's a, it's a matter of degree. This town's pretty bad. You have, a, you have an ongoing issue where it sounds like there's still water leaking into the at least interior behind the walls. So that's a big problem. Um, but I'd say you're definitely in a position to withhold your rent by putting it in an escrow account and leaving it to the side as a dispute. Uh, not giving it to your landlord, but basically putting it not in your uh, regular accounts. So if there is litigation either way, but the the other bigger problem, Dean, and you can speak to this a lot more than I can is, so it's a lot easier raising these mold issues in a breach of contract, which would be a landlord tenant case. But often, as you heard alluded to, people want to go further and make it a uh, personal injury case. I'd say most people that bring up the mold issue when I get calls like this really want to bring it to a personal injury level. And I know in speaking with you before, years ago, there's a lot of problems evidentiarily with that. So, Well, you have to have, first of all, any personal injury action you bring requires there to be damages. Uh, and, you know, the more the damages, the more likely you'll find an attorney interested in pursuing your claim. Mm. Um, and then there has to be a, uh, a party that's responsible and that that party has the assets or insurance to pay a judgment you obtain. So there's many different layers that we are going to examine on a personal injury basis. Um, a lot of the um, contracts for insurance these days exclude damages from mold. Um, Do they? Yes. <laughs> Sounds fair. very convenient. That. Yeah. Very convenient for them. Um, but also, Meech said that he wasn't being truthful to the landlord when he said he was in the hospital. But if he truly was hospitalized due to respiratory issues that were the doctor um, uh, explained was caused by mold, then you begin to have a claim that's worthy of worthy. Pursu pursuing. Mm -hmm. But without the damages, um, there, there's, there's, a, there's a harm. There's, there's, there's negligence. It's, it's still, there's still negligence there. But if it hasn't caused damages, then the, the value of that claim is not substantial. To, to, to him personally. To him personally. Right. Yeah. Um, Meech, it sounds like you can put your rent money in escrow. If you want to get the landlord to begin doing something, you open that account we talked about in the beginning with a bank, and you place the money in there, the 1000 bucks every month, and you say to the landlord, when the leaks get repaired and the mold gets cleaned, you'll get the money. And, um, and then you're in great shape because if he takes you to court – Donald says you've have you have a defense because the the you have a valid claim um it, your 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 home lacks habitability and you've done the responsible thing by putting the money in the bank uh and not and not giving it to the landlord. Any other questions, Meech? So definitely I should not be paying no rent until I see this being like taken care of or at least attempted to yes, be taken care but of. But let's not let's not end the conversation with not paying rent. You pay the rent into an account. 
an escrow account. Right. Because if you just stop paying the rent, then the court looks at you with the side eyes. They go, hey, you're just a guy who's trying to beat the landlord. You're not really being responsible here, and we're going to find against you. So you'll lose if you don't put the money in an escrow account. Got it? That gives them cover. This is my this is my fair note right here. The the bathroom is where I notice the mold coming. I'm not sure if it's because of the steam. I take long showers. I'm not sure what made me notice. Well, that every bathroom me. has mold if you don't clean it. You know that's why they sell all those products. You spray on the on the tiles and you clean the mold. Um, that right. that by itself is not to me does not sound like you've got a valid claim. The black mold in the ceiling tiles in the common area where it's leaking is a problem. If that is what's leaching into your home in various areas, then I think you do have a claim. If it's strictly limited to your bathroom tiles, then go out and get scrubby. Meech, Meech, when it rains, does Who? it seem like Scrub Daddy? Scrub Daddy. I know this is the, how would he know? This is the how queen. This is the queen of bacteria. She's a queen of queens. <laughs> Excuse me, the original creator of Scrub Daddy's from Philly. Hello. There you go. She is the queen of clean, absolutely. <laughs> when we leave the studio, when we come, come to the in. studio, yes. this is, has been wiped down. You it's, can do surgery. Yeah. In here. Yes, you can. <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> So, Meech, you got to clean the bathroom. But, you know, if that's it, then I'd say you probably don't have a strong claim. If, on the other hand, you're seeing it in places other than the bathroom, especially that common area, then maybe you do have a claim. So it wouldn't matter if this is supposed to be a newly renovated apartment? No, if you're going to get mold in the bathroom even on a newly renovated apartment if you're taking them two hours, you know, hot, steamy showers. Hmm. <laughs> uh, Meech, we got to run. Thanks for calling Court Radio. Have a great Saturday. Have a great Saturday. Folks, we'll be back in two minutes. When we say winning matters most, we mean it. My Philly lawyer just helped secure an $80 million victory for a client suffering from a defective medical product. Whether it's a motor vehicle, workplace, or medical malpractice injury, my Philly lawyer gets results. If you've been injured and want aggressive, thoughtful, thorough representation, call my Philly lawyer first. Philly's legal champions, 215-227-2727. My Philly lawyer, when winning matters most. I'm Dean Weitzman. If you have a history of using chemical hair straighteners and have been diagnosed with uterine or endometrial cancer, call My Philly Lawyer now at 215-227-2727. Frequent use of chemical hair relaxers can double the risk of uterine and endometrial cancer. If you've been affected, we will fight for you. Call 215-227-2727. My Philly Lawyer, when winning matters most. I grew up here, went to school here, raised my kids here. I know Philly, and Philly knows me. I started My Philly Lawyer because if you've been injured, your lawyer matters, and choosing someone local matters. It matters to the insurance company, it matters to the jury, and most importantly, your lawyer matters when it comes to getting results. If you've been injured, call us now, 215-227-2727. My Philly Lawyer, when winning matters most. 
When we say winning matters most, we mean it. My Philly lawyer just helped secure an $80 million victory for a client suffering from a defective medical product. Whether it's a motor vehicle, workplace, or medical malpractice injury, my Philly lawyer gets results. If you've been injured and want aggressive, thoughtful, thorough representation, call my Philly lawyer first. Philly's legal champions, 215-227-2727. My Philly lawyer, when winning matters most. Legal Answers. Here's more Court Radio with your host, Dean Weitzman. Good morning and welcome back. I am your host, Dean Weitzman. Saturday mornings from 9 to 10 a.m. right here on 100.3 WRMB. And Classics 107.9. We are here. The firm is in the house. We're taking your calls, 215-227-2727, the number for all things legal in Philly. Um, we got Don Bermudez in the house. Yes. Hair. Yes. We have hair relaxer cases. Uh, is that what you're talking about? <laughs> is that what I just pointed to the head? I don't know. I was, yes. I was talking about my hat and merch, oh. but you went hair. No, I'm kidding. Go ahead. Yeah. Yes. Um, folks, if you or your loved ones suffer with gynecological cancers such as ovarian cancer, uterine cancer, endometrial cancer, and you've used a product uh, called hair relaxer um, or, or perm, as it may Sodium be called. Sodium hydrochloride. Um, that product and the manufacturers who make it are responsible for the cancer. The manufacturers. Yes. Not the, not your hairdresser. No. Not not Sammy the hairdresser uh, or Barbie. Sammy or so, Barbie the hairdresser? Yeah, I don't know. What part of town was this? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the far northeast. The, far north, the OC. Okay. But you're yeah, not, not the hair. Dressing, the manufacturer, that's important. Yeah, and um, we, we're representing hundreds of women um, who have suffered with these diseases, and it's no joke. And if you or a family member suffer with these types of cancers or have, um, please give us a call immediately. Uh, time is running out, 215-227-2727. Now, we're back on to landlord-tenant issues, and we've got a caller on line five. Mm. The one and only Joe. Hey, Joey. Yo, what's up, guys? It's boys, Joe from man. South Philly. South Philly. South Philly, man. What's up? How you doing? We're all good. You, good to hear your voice. Hi, yeah, Joe. I, I was worried about you, Joe. I, you know, when we don't hear from you for months at a time, I'm starting I, to think I maybe know. you uh you're going on yeah. to the promised land. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit, Joe, a little bit. <laughs> Pretty soon. Listen, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Joe, you got to get you got to get your your family, you know, to make sure they give us a call when that happens. I personally want to attend. I would come. My wife, my wife will definitely call you, or my son, somebody will call you. And okay. let you know. All right. Yeah. You know, I want to come. Way I'll, uh, yeah. This way, you can come on and you come over and see. Yeah. Me, yeah. And get a little food or <laughs> something. Be, absolutely. From, yeah. be, hey, look. Hey, there's food, baby. Yeah. I got a <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> All right. What what tickled your fancy today on the landlord tenant questions? Well, I, I I own a couple of properties, and uh, you know, it's it's just you. A lot of people are greedy. When, when they own properties, they're real greedy. They want it all. Yeah. They don't want to do anything for anybody. I tell my people, look, you need a garbage disposal. You need plumbing. Get it fixed. Give me a receipt. Take it off the rent. That's it. That simple. It's yeah. that simple. That, that, that's the right thing to do. And uh, just a lot of times. That's not common. 
<laughs> no, no, it's it's. There are quite a few people like Joe, but you'd be. People just don't like talking to each other. People don't like negotiating. People don't like community. Look, I can't even get my wife to explain her problems with me, let alone trying. Imagine trying to express things to strangers or to people, you know, not in your immediate family. That's a joke. If my wife is listening, which right. she's probably not, but my point is. No, people really don't try to do the right thing, um, generally. Not be for bad reasons, just because, hmm. you know, they look at it, a contract is a relationship. That's a, This is the type of language I'm always trying to use. So Joe gets it. Joe gets it, that ultimately, it's not like about... His tenants aren't getting it. No, no. No, no his jo- tenants... Uh, jo- other landlords don't get it, I'd yeah. say. Oh, yeah. okay. Right. Yeah, Joe, Joe's tenants are, are probably happy with Joe. Right, Joe? Right, Joe? Hey, look, I, I go over there and I check these properties myself. Yeah. Mm. You're I mean, doing I the right thing. Let, let me tell you something. I walk in there and they're, you know, it's a crumb house or there's slop all over. You're on your way out, man. Yep. Mm. Yeah. You know, you're on your way out. And I, and I tell them you're on your way out. And guess what? If you don't want to get out, it's going to be a problem. Oh. And they straighten it up. Either they straighten it up or, or they get out. What I was trying to say, Manny, was this, is that. I try to encourage because I talk to both sides. Joe does this already, I can tell. So Joe is a great example of this. Thank you, Joe, for calling in. My first time hearing from you. I'm Donald. I mean, I know. What I always tell tenants and landlords is ultimately, look, do you want to stay here or do you want a tenant that pays? Ultimately, you got to live along to get along. So stop trying to make this tit for tat, everything legal, everything litigious, everything adversary. Do you want to live here? Yes. Okay. So you have to be a desirable tenant. Landlord, do you want people to actually pay you? Well, then you have to keep your end of the bargain, which he is doing. So a landlord like Joe, though, also has the right to demand his money because he's doing what he's supposed to. So if you're Joe's tenants, pay him because it sounds like he's taking care of you. What Joe said, that he, what he said to his tenants, is that something that needs to be in writing in the lease at all? And, he, hey, that's our, our relationship is such that if something goes wrong, if they fix it, they give me a receipt. Uh, they take it off the rent, but does that have to be in writing? And does that come up? It it should. Is it one but of those? Hey, it's a handshake type of thing. So what I encourage people to do, and lawyers are great at this, just communicate in writing. So just the existence of your communications can be documented. It's mm-hmm. it's in writing just because you put it in an email or in letter. So that that holds up. It, oh, for it sure. It can in oh, a right. lot of a lot of ways, especially for evidence purposes. Text messages, emails. Look, okay. A contract's just an exchange of purposes. If I text Dean um, a promise and he texts me back a promise in exchange for my promise, this is how we talk about it in law school. That's a contract that I gave everybody a semester in contract law for free on the radio, right there. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, Joseph. It's so great to hear from you, sir. It really is, Joe. Oh. Yeah, it's great to hear from you guys, too. Yeah. Uh, Keep up the good work. Thank you, sir. Be well. Take care. 215-227-2727. Velda, line one. Oh, Velda. It's a great name. It is. Uh, Put put your radio down, Velda, and get on the phone. Yes, turn your radio down, Velda. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning. What's happening, Valda? What's happening? Well, I am a a landlord, and um, I hate Philadelphia law. That's for one, because they're not always on the landlord side. Absolutely reasonable. 
I think it's I, I want to tell you right off the bat, it's reasonable to say I'm just not going to do business in Philadelphia as a landlord. Really? I think it's that it's, restrictive. It's mm. that restrictive, and then it's very cumbersome, too, because I, I even had a, a, an experience where one of my tenants left her boyfriend behind, and he was a squatter. Then I had to find out that they have squatters' rights, and I had to go down to Filbert Street. They wanted me to pay something to get him out. I got some people to get him out. But I think that's unfair. <laughs> was his name like, Joe? I, <laughs> it was Big Joe. You got to go Big Fifth Joe Amendment there, um, ma'am. I wouldn't talk about that on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, that's been some years ago, but it was a reality. Statute of limitations has run. That's full. Yeah. But anyway, back to that other young guy. He ought to send his landlord a notice that he's going to put that money in escrow. Yes. Put him on blast. Yep. That's legally then, required. You're absolutely right. That's well, it's it, hard he enough. He has to send him a notice. It's hard enough getting people to do step one. Uh-huh. But look, if you failed to send a notice, that's not fatal. What is fatal to your case when you get to the judge? Because it will ruin your credibility, as Gene, as Dean said. You know, if you didn't put it in the escrow account, that's what's really most important. You are supposed to tell your landlord where it is, but. You know, not the biggest deal if you don't. The biggest mm. deal is that you still had the money that you're fighting about. Mm. I'm sorry. Continue. You know, but Veldo made a good point for all of our listeners. If you're putting money in escrow, also send a note to the landlord. Yeah. And it could be a text message, email, an email. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a written note. We don't write things anymore in America. Um, and so, uh, but get get notice to them that they're not getting their rent. And it's going into this account, and it's going to stay there until they do what you know what they're required to do. Velda, what about lead testing? That's my question. Um, I'm I have, a mind reader. I think about two years ago, they just started with this lead testing. You get a notice, you got to get it lead tested. So I did all of that. It's a big deal. But I want to know how often does Philadelphia require lead testing? You stumped them. No, 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 no. <laughs> well, I am a little stumped because I don't want to say 100%, but my understanding is once it's you may have to do it every round that you're going to renew your uh, renter's license, but I've seen, I've had people renew it without getting an initial lead test. If you've had one lead test, so there was the longest period that what you're referencing is the rolling out. It was covered different parts of the city. It's like zoning laws. It applies differently to different areas. It applied two years ago to certain areas. Pretty much now everywhere in the city must have lead tests for residential properties. So... That's something to get the real specific answer for you. I, I don't want to tell you something wrong, but you may have to get a new lead test each time you renew, I would say, especially if there was construction on your property. All right, Velda, um, I'm going to do this for you. You you give us a call on Monday, and I'm going to get your uh, contact information over to Donald, and he'll get you the definitive answer on that question. And that number okay. is? 215-227-2727. There you go, Velda <laughs> from Philly. Thank you. Have a great day, baby. Uh, Thank you, guys. Look at that. See, they're listening. Yeah, they are. And uh, if uh, Velda used hair products, please uh, get tested for cancers. This briefly came up, handwriting. I just read, again, where in California they passed a law, cursive must be mandatory in schools again. And I'm, I'm hearing more and more. It's not? It's not? That's what I'm reading and hearing more and more. How are folks signing contracts? Uh, DocuSign, Adobe. Thank you, Adobe. Not to give them a plug, but... That's I the mean, only way now? I mean, vast majority of contracts are signed through email. Um, you don't even meet people in person, generally. I mean, well, most Well, that lawyers... goes back to relationships and having with your tenant and your landlord, right? At Pe- least, so, you don't uh, meet people. So, 
especially <laughs> with the schools we have. A lot of people rent apartments from people that they've never met. I mean, never seen. It, well, I guess it, if you have it huge doesn't... apartment complexes, like we have developers now, but if you have a, a triplex, you should know what these who these folks are, right? What yeah. they look like, You're right? Better from a landlord's perspective, absolutely. But people just. Look, there was a number of stories during the pandemic of people renting out properties that they didn't even know the owner. I mean, if you have keys to the door, a, a possession is nine-tenths of the law. Which That's an easy people. way to get ripped off. Mm. Um, th- there's a scam going around Please. where you, you, they, they put it in the paper, rent, I want to rent an apartment, you uh-huh. know, 2717 Pierce Street. And uh-huh. um, is that, Shut is up, that, man. Is that <laughs> your address? <laughs> Come on, I did not just pick your address out of the hat. Get out of here. Dean, will you continue to con- what were All you right. saying, Dean? Okay, so you go so so the tenant then pays DocuSigns a form and pays money on, you know, through the an online portal and then they go to the property and and there's already a tenant in the property. Um, you know, and so you didn't rent what you thought you rented, and the person you rented it from isn't really the owner. See, you got to. Go That's for- why if you're a tenant or a landlord, you want to have an in-person meeting at the property where you do a walkthrough of that property before you rent it. Do not rent a property online. That's crazy. People are coming here with more than one person and maybe feigning that this is the real person. I don't look like this. If you're just seeing him on a ring cam or something, you don't know who's living in your dwelling. Didn't that, what it, was it Velda just said she left and the, the, the person left yeah. a squatter? Yeah, yeah. I've been through that, I man. It's hard to get somebody out of place, man. Squatters have squatters' rights in this city, in this state. Like oh, there's believe. the, Larry Roscoe had the greatest, uh, Larry was a friend of mine, uh, you know, 30 years ago, we were in a poker game and he was a landlord and he said he would go to the property on a Saturday morning mm. and he would bring a thousand dollars back then, 30 years ago. And he'd say, this thousand dollars is yours. If by the end of the day, you're out, you're out and they would get their friends and get out and he'd hand them the thousand. And it, he said it was cheaper for him in the long run than going yeah. through an eviction process. And nine times out of 10, they'd go for that. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's, a, it's the carrot or the stick. And well, the carrot always carrot looked, works. The dangling carrot always works. Right. 215-227-2727. We've got uh, Victoria on line three. Good morning, oh, Victoria. Victoria, welcome to Court Radio. Thank you. Good morning, you guys. Good morning. Um, I've had some challenges around uh, renting before. One, I didn't know about judgments but and, and how they affect renters, even after if they win the case. But my real concern today was I'm renting again, and my landlord is going up on the rent, um, $175. So I was asking about doing a month-to-month lease. But if I do the month-to-month lease, he wants to charge me an additional $200 every month. And I'm just trying to find out, is that legal? Generally, yes. I mean, you can't. You can't force somebody to contract with you in the way that you desire, generally. But they do have to – you have notice. What The rights you have as far as notice, they can't just keep doing it every month. They have to wait um, at least every three months so they can raise it with 30 days' notice. So it works out a little funky. I literally need to show you with a piece of paper to do that type of analysis. But basically, long and short, so say it's February now, in order to raise your rent for April 1st, would have to give you notice by the end of this month 
and then he can't do that again for, I believe, at least another 90, to six, 90 days to six months. So you have procedural rights, but it comes back to the basic. And I know I probably sound I'm very harsh on tenants. I'm sorry. I represent tenants, though, but it's just the reality of the law. And it goes back to, look, it's a contract. It's a deal. Are you a person of your word, really? I think it comes down to a moral question a little bit, to be honest with you. I mean, if you made a deal with your landlord, stick by it. Make he, but he should be giving you notice and the proper times and giving you uh, – he should be following the law. Procedure is not just procedure for the sake of it. It's important. Well, do having the relationships you said matter make a difference when you're going through this? Like, for instance, what, what if – how difficult is it to get out of a lease if you need to get out of a lease for whatever? Maybe you can't afford it any longer. For whatever things have changed, for some reason, you have to get out of it. How hard is that? Uh, very hard. That's how contract uh, – contracts work i mean but life happens and for some reason you just can't you got to do what you got to um it's almost never uh legally necessary or what we'd call impossibility never those types of defenses don't pop up in this circumstance sometimes there's a explicit way to terminate it inside Mm. the lease itself Mm. commonly there's a buyout even if there isn't a buyout i just had this conversation yesterday with somebody i'm consulting with even if there isn't a buyout, I'd say I've seen judges enforce two months, three months, offer a buyout, say, well, I'll exit by this date and I'll pay for one additional month or two additional months. That's fair. Sometimes landlords want the rest of the term, but um, I suggest trying to, t- if you need to terminate your lease, terminate the lease the same way you entered your lease with an agreement. You can make a contract to terminate another contract. People, I think, Maybe this is just I'm a lawyer, so I have the advantage. But I think sometimes landlords and tenants think too hard about their issues. It's ultimately a mutual promises be- between two people. Mm-hmm. So why are you talking to me, the lawyer? Talk to your other party okay. to your agreement. And have maybe, that relationship. Well, because people will call and literally say, I didn't tell my landlord or I didn't tell my tenant any of these things. So it's like, well, why don't you get off the phone with me? I'm going to ask for money at some point, mm. FYI, but I'll talk to you a little bit. Get off the phone with me. Save all your money. Work it out with your other party. Start talking to them. All right. We're 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 talking landlord-tenant issues. I've got a couple of sticky issues that I need to run by Donald as soon as we get back. But in the meantime, we got to take our two-minute break. We'll be back in two minutes. I'm Dean Weitzman. If you have a history of using chemical hair straighteners and have been diagnosed with uterine or endometrial cancer, call My Philly Lawyer now at 215-227-2727. Frequent use of chemical hair relaxers can double the risk of uterine and endometrial cancer. If you've been affected, we will fight for you. Call 215-227-2727. My Philly Lawyer, when winning matters most. I grew up here, went to school here, raised my kids here. I know Philly, and Philly knows me. I started My Philly Lawyer because if you've been injured, your lawyer matters, and choosing someone local matters. It matters to the insurance company, it matters to the jury, and most importantly, your lawyer matters when it comes to getting results. If you've been injured, call us now, 215-227-2727. My Philly Lawyer, when winning matters most. 
When we say winning matters most, we mean it. My Philly lawyer just helped secure an $80 million victory for a client suffering from a defective medical product. Whether it's a motor vehicle, workplace, or medical malpractice injury, My Philly lawyer gets results. If you've been injured and want aggressive, thoughtful, thorough representation, call My Philly lawyer first. Philly's legal champions. 215-227-2727. My Philly lawyer. When winning matters most. I'm Dean Weitzman. If you have a history of using chemical hair straighteners and have been diagnosed with uterine or endometrial cancer, call My Philly Lawyer now at 215-227-2727. Frequent use of chemical hair relaxers can double the risk of uterine and endometrial cancer. If you've been affected, we will fight for you. Call 215-227-2727. My Philly Lawyer, when winning matters most. legal answers here's more court radio with your host dean weitzman good morning and welcome back i am your host always saturday mornings 9 to 10 a.m right here on 100.3 wrmb and classics 107.9 we together are the firm saturdays where we tackle your legal issues Give us a call at 215-227-2727. The number for all things legal in Philly. Brought to you by my Philly lawyer, my firm. Your firm. My firm. I made it. I created it. That will look is. good on a piece of merch. The firm. The firm. Uh, all right. I got a question for Donald. We got Donald Bermudez in the house. Donald good is morning. Uh, a fellow lawyer and one who does a lot of landlord-tenant work. And, this has been uh, a hot show, Donald. In, in that regard, Donald, a couple and their toddler live in an apartment building. Sewage from another apartment has been leaking into their unit. They stayed at a hotel for a few days while it was fixed. When they returned, the issue continued. The couple requested to be moved to another unit in the building, and they were told they would have to pay another security deposit on a unit in addition to the deposit they already paid on the unit with the sewage issue. Is that legal? No, that is a breach of contract. So uh, you bargained for promises. You promised to pay rent. So if you kept your promise paying the rent, guess what? Your landlord promised to give you an apartment. Without sewage issues. Yes. So, and they failed to do that. That would be an issue affecting habitability, uh, sewage, which would include, um, you know, waste that goes through the plumbing. So it's coming back up, basically. Um, that's absolutely a problem that would uh, warrant you to withhold your rent in escrow. So, yeah, absolutely. And the sue for this is, unfortunately, needs to be this bad to really say it's unhabitable. What about if, you ha- if you're in an apartment complex and you've got a tenant next door who's harassing you mm. or above you, mm. making noise, uh, paying their st- Stereo too loud in the middle of the night, jamming, and you're like, I can't take this anymore. It's driving me crazy. Does your la- does your ten- landlord have a duty to get in the middle of that dispute? Oh, this 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 hits a uh, nerve for me because I literally ha- moved out of Northeast Philadelphia because of this issue. Unfortunately, um, living where my wife's in laws were living, um, I had to move because of this issue. Yes, they have a duty, especially if they have the same landlord. You got even if they don't, you can't uh, be. You have a 
duty to not be a nuisance to your neighbors and to society generally. But there's a whole other issue of crimes. So unfortunately, if somebody commits a crime against you, you can't blame your landlord or blame the person, the suspect, the criminal suspect's landlord, because we're not responsible for other people's crimes generally. There's some situations where if there's knowledge of the crime, they, the landlord could be responsible. But we all have a duty to not be a nuisance. So yes, you can absolutely do something about it, especially if it's in violation of the curfew laws. If you call the police, they're generally, especially if you're a male in my experiences, they'll come and say, is this really a problem? Yada, yada, yada. I understand I got way more important things to do, but they will do nothing about it generally. If, if depending on who you are, your family, depending on the neighborhood, they'll probably do more about it. In right. my experience, and I'm a huge fan of the police, so I'm not trying to down. But in my experience, they literally did nothing. And I was, there, there was crimes committed against me, I'll sure. just say. And I felt that really it was just ignored, but whatever. I could have taken it to court, but it was just, that's the thing, is you're causing yourself more stress. Instead of getting litigious, this is my own personal experience as a resident uh, renting, just married in Northeast. We just found a place up where, you know, I grew up in Bucks County and just got out of there. What if you're in the middle of your lease? What if you're in your middle well, of the lease? I, I was. Uh, so, oh. Well, and you I, said it's tough to get out of a lease. Well, so, but, well, I, look, I guess maybe... Thank God I'm a lawyer, but I just told my landlord, I said, this is a circumstance where um, our safety, so I'm just terminating this. I'm just leaving because of the, the situation justifies it. So if, you're, if you feel like your safety is at risk, that's a big enough issue that if the landlord doesn't address it, you can leave. Hmm. I, uh, yes. I mean, I, I worked at – here's what I want to stress, though. So – my landlord wasn't exactly happy with that. Of course not. And I had to make an agreement to pay him a little bit more. But the, but that's kind of the right thing to do. I think I paid him for, because we left like right at the beginning of a month. So I think I paid for that month and the next month, which is reasonable. So that's what I encourage people to do. Before you call a lawyer, call the people you have a problem with first. Gotcha. If you can. Yeah. If you can, yes. You can. And try to work it out. Yeah, or send the or send the letter because here's the thing, and Dean, you definitely know this. Having having uh, done litigation, you look way better and way more reasonable when you get to court because the judges they have so many cases to hear, especially municipal court, landlord, tenant court. They want things to be quick, and if they're just hearing that you're just nothing but litigious and a problem, and you didn't do anything reasonable, they're not going to be on your side. Hmm. But if you show that you have been reasonable, you might get a pass from the judge. They look at absolutely. Stuff like that. They're looking at the track record. Well, it goes. So if you're saying my problem, there's so many problems in my apartment. It's so terrible. But you did nothing to remedy it. It's such a terrible situation that I'm not even going to go out of my pocket a little bit. And you you told your landlord nothing about it. It kind of calls into the existence whether there's, uh, whether there really is a problem. Uh, whether or not there's even a problem. Absolutely, the severity of it. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, guys, um, this has been a very interesting show. Folks, if you have a legal issue that you need some help with, uh, especially in the landlord-tenant world, Donald Bermudez is your guy. Uh, give us a call. Uh, call the office, 215-227-2727. We'll get you in touch with Donald, um, who is an extremely competent attorney, um, and Thank he you. fights really hard for his clients. I've he seen does. him in action. He's a brawler. Yeah. Um, yeah, I should have called him like I don't know I, the Donald Bermudez. I, I would yeah. like like Diego Bermudez, something like that. 
Why you go there, my yeah, friend? Yeah, Diego. Diego Bermudez. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, we're out of time. We'll see you next week at the same time, same place. God bless and have a great week. The preceding was a paid program of myphillylawyer.com. WRNB Media, Philadelphia. Philadelphia. This is 